the idea is just like if if people are listening uh, my thing is just like do start doing the thing like figure out what it is you want to do and like push yourself to get there okay. I think there's a lot of people like us we didn't like we didn't really get told we couldn't do things no we were just like throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks and then you just do it you go and you like yeah. find what you like you right. do it and eventually somebody will pay you for it if you're right. lucky and that's life right and so but there's a lot of people hopefully hopefully the people that are watching are people that are kind of stuck mm-hmm. and they see us doing it and they're like oh it's not that hard yeah and like to me it's a lot harder to go clock in somewhere and hope to god that everyone does their job and i actually get paid yep because like i don't know man like I don't think people are that like. I I'm I have a hard time working with like I don't want to say working with other people like working in a group. I can work in a group. Sure. But I have a hard time knowing that my life is responsible to, with your responsibilities. Correct. You know. Correct. Uh, especially when I did actually have those kind of jobs where it was like, you know, if the manager quits and, right. or the business goes out of business, or, I don't or a car drives through the window, or. Or, yes, or a bus drives through the side <laughs> of my restaurant. Right. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Uh, Job security is bullshit. Yeah. I would much rather rely on the fact that, like, I know every day I absolutely have to. I can leave my house and I will make money. A thousand percent. And if it's not, it's, it could you could chalk it up to your fault. Yep. It could be a learning experience. And if I you, don't make that it, money today, I'll make double tomorrow. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. My name is Josh Snyder, and you're listening to Thoughtful Discussions, and I'm here with... My name is TJ Harris. I am a DJ, entrepreneur, author, good-looking guy, fun time. <laughs> awesome. And um, tell me how you got started. Ooh, which which thing, though? Uh, I guess DJing... The thing you did first. That would be the DJing and the yeah. events and stuff. Right. Uh, probably around like 1998 or so. Yep. Uh, I got my first set of like DJ equipment and started going to events and things like that. That's when I started my first business too. Yeah. 98. Wow. Uh, it was a good year. You know, yeah. partying was still partying. People still had a good time. Cell phones didn't have cameras. You can get away <laughs> with things. Uh, but no, you know, I, I got my first set of DJ equipment. I'd started going to like mostly raves. Yep. And the rave scene in Pittsburgh was very, very happening at the time. You know, we had sometimes two, three events a weekend. We're pulling out, you know, 800,000 plus events. Yeah. And I looked at that and I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So now at that time, raves, just to stop you there, it was a little bit more unregulated. Oh, yeah. yeah. Way. I mean, I was 14, 15 years old. Right. You can't do that now. Like I, I don't know a single kid that's my my age when I started going to parties that's going to parties now that's not like attending a music festival with their parents, which is right. a little bit of different course. than what we were doing. Um, Slightly. Yeah. That being said, being kind of thrown into this world of adults at that young of an age yeah. I definitely gave me like a hands up on my future. Because, you know, I got a lot of the partying out of my system. By yeah. the time I was done with high school, I was like, yeah, I've, I've pretty much done that. Yep. I can kind of focus on, like, how do I turn what I want to do in life into what I'm going to do. Right. So so did you know at that, what age did you know that you're like, I'm going to spend my, like, my livelihood doing this thing? 25, really. Yeah. Okay. yeah. By the time I hit 25, I'd done the circuit of, like, 
grocery store jobs, yeah. resale, retail jobs, right. punching the clock type shit. And uh, any food service? Oh yeah, lots yeah. of that. Right. Oh yeah, lots of lots of the food service, <laughs> uh, bartending, serving, cooking, restaurant right. management. Yeah. Uh, my my last full time job was 2015. Yep. And that ended with somebody driving a school bus through the side of my restaurant. Right. Uh, that I was the manager GM Dang, of at the man. time. Yeah. You say that, but that six months that I was off from the time that it hit to the time the repairs were finished, I was able to take what I was doing. I was like, I don't want to call it a hobby because it was more than that. Right. Uh, but put down the foundation to actually have a career on what I wanted. And I was starting right. to see the bigger picture of how this business side of DJing works outside of the fun. I want to be the cool guy side of DJing works. Absolutely. So collecting, you know, unemployment for six months while also at the same time booking, you know, a year's worth of contracts in advance in a yep. six month period. Yep. Let me know that if I don't go back to work, I'm going to make the same amount of money as a DJ that I made as the GM of a restaurant yep. working for, you know, a giant franchise. And that you'd be working 30 hours a week. This you're working. I mean, you have to spend time booking and promoting yourself, but you're not. I mean, my work week right now is Monday night. Yeah. The occasional Thursday night, like okay. once a month usually. And then every Friday and every Saturday. Gotcha. So we'll call it three days a week, not counting my yeah. office hours at home or running errands, having meetings, things like that, which right. probably account for another 20 hours a week. Gotcha. So 35 hours a week, maybe. Yeah. Four hours a gig, 20 hours of work at home. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Evens out. But the difference is you're doing what you want to do. Oh, yeah. I have, since I quit my day job or yeah. my, 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 you know, corporate job. Yeah. Uh, I have not once felt like I've had to get up and go to work. Right. You'd never hear me oh. like, oh, this sucks. I got to go play <laughs> another show in front of more people and they're going right. to pay me for it. That doesn't happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Likewise. And you're I'm fortunate for that you know when I was younger when I first got into DJ you know everybody looked at it like oh this is a hobby or just right. a thing and your parents treat it the same way right. and you know it got to the point where eventually they started to all realize like this isn't just a hobby this isn't something that goes away like once you become a DJ and you decide to take this seriously yeah. it's it's a career choice there's right. a lot of people that I know out there that I didn't realize make their living off of playing music right uh, and it's not that difficult to get into if, as long as you, you know, understand music a little bit and you don't even have to be that great at that. Like yeah. I don't really play many instruments. I can sit behind the drums. I can sit in front of most things and make them sound like I know what I'm doing. Sure. But I don't like, read music. Yep. yep. You know, uh, the only time way I can write a song is through like, you know, digital workspace with like Ableton, Fruity Loops, that sort of thing. Right. And that's still very crude. Um, <laughs> But as a DJ, yeah. I, I'm able to excel past my peers just from years of experience and my actual knowledge of music as far as a listener goes, right. which is super important uh, to, to be as well-rounded as possible in the industry makes you the most money because you won't just see me doing one thing anymore. Right. That kind of sets a lot of DJs back. They get stuck in this... I'm going to be this kind of DJ and that's all I will know how to do. And yeah. that's where I'm going to focus all of my energy. And for a small percentage of people that actually break through with that, that's great. But for me and the majority of people that I know that have made this a career, yeah, it's, I know 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, today's music. I know 
all of the different genres, whether it be hip hop or dance music or country or whatever, right. the more I can feed myself to learn, right. the better I become as a DJ. Right. Now, there's so many different directions that we can go because yeah. <laughs> there's so much meat there. I love it. Um, so you're doing, well, first off, I just want to say that what you're saying absolutely makes sense, but it can be transferred to um, people that are doing art, people that are just starting their business. They know they want to do this thing. They're making cakes, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have to start it as a hobby. You have to start it as something like, this is what I love doing. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to work towards. And it's going to eventually cross over from the point where you're, you know, you make 10 hours a week to do the thing while you're still doing whatever it is. And then it's going to be 15. And then you're doing your, you know, you go to, maybe you go down to part time and you're doing your job 20 hours. You start doing this thing 20 hours. And then you're like, I only have time for 10 hours with mm -hmm. this other job. Now this, and then it, it starts to switch. It flips. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's when your family starts to realize the, and take things seriously. I think the the hardest part for, for me with becoming a creative entrepreneur yeah. was the fact that nobody tells you you're supposed to get paid to be creative. Correct. Like, I Correct. worked for years under the impression that, like, you do this for fun. You do this because you love it. Maybe you do it for free concert tickets or beer or, you know, to get laid or whatever your yeah. incentive may be. Right. It wasn't until I was, you know, almost 30 years old before somebody really sat me down and was like, with what you're doing and the skill sets that you have, yeah. you should be doing much more for yourself financially from this industry than mm. you are. Mm. And it took a really good friend of mine who's also a DJ, we'll shout him out, Mad Mike, yep. Modern Era Weddings, yep. uh, really opened my eyes to what my potential was Absolutely. for earnings and what my potential was as far as my, my own self-worth right. in, in the industry. So like we, when we're starting out, it could be easy to be like, oh, I need clout. I bet I'm going to go do all these things for free. I want to be the cool guy. Mm -hmm. But then in reality, once you start to grow up, you're like, all right, actually getting paid, is, that's the clout. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just it's when, when you're doing something you love, yeah. absolutely you want the recognition and sure. things like that. But after enough years of getting recognition, you start to realize that the people that are constantly calling you to give you that recognition yeah. are not doing anything other than using your skill set right. to better their own absolutely. You know, position absolutely so, so it's not it's not selling out it's getting paid what you're worth yeah absolutely a, i think there's a big difference yeah for sure and i mean for me i kind of had a, a little bit different than some of the other djs because i'm not just a dj you know i also right. promote and produce my own events yep uh which really set me apart among my peers because most guys don't really want to push into the world of marketing right. and the design of, of a brand. Whereas for me, early on, I realized the importance of this right. and I really started branding, branding. Yeah. Branding. Put your name on everything. <laughs> like anything yeah. you can, your logo, have a decent design. Yep. Like something that's recognizable, something that crosses over something that's easy to, to share. Yep. Um, you know, nothing too offensive and keep it to a couple of colors so it's easy to print on stuff. Mm -hmm. Especially t-shirts, you know, try to keep it under three. It's cheaper. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. With that being said, uh, because I learned how to market events, yeah. when it came time to me to really take my my artist side of myself more seriously, yeah. I learned everything from, from promoting shows and like seeing right. all these bigger names that I was bringing in because I was booking international tours fairly regularly right. and throwing my own events with them. Yeah, meeting these guys and kind of seeing how they were branding themselves mm -hmm. 
taught me a lot about how I should be branding myself as well. Right. And I mean, there it's it's not difficult. There there's a lot of people that want to sell you on like, hey, this is how you can do that. Right. But the reality is, you just get out there and you tell people and you show people. Right. And that's the easiest way to get out there, uh, especially in in music and art just annoy people until they'll give you a chance like it seriously <laughs> works that well thousand percent yeah uh I've, i hired an apprentice this year yeah it's a big thing for me yeah tell me uh about. his name's john he's a good kid he's a college student he's already djing cool. um but for me i staff a bunch of djs and i staff a bunch of venues and i've been building this wedding company because i i left the old agency that i was with to, to start my own business yep. about a year ago and what I've come to come to realize is when people are hiring me at my company, yeah, they're hiring me because of the style of DJ I am, what I bring to the table, the experience I have. Mm-hmm. I can't just say, "Hey, hire this other guy that I know also does weddings," because they're coming for me. So the right. best way that I could kind of figure out the way around that is I'm gonna just start building me more me's. All right. Uh, I'm gonna bring kids in that have the interest, that are willing to learn, that. You know, haven't had the experience that would kind of sway them into having their own different styles than the style that I think my company needs to sell. Got you. Um, and it's interesting because when you get into like that multi opposition of offering different people and offering more services, right. I'm now transferring from like, you know, the entertainer provider to the planner or the mm-hmm. lighting designer or the multi-op booking agent right and all of these other careers now that have spawned off of just playing records yeah yeah so but the more you do it the more you 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 get trusted on oh yeah tj booked me with a really good dj i trust him to book Absolutely. whatever dj he's gonna book with me is gonna be great and you it essentially makes you like a, a local version of a google search result you know right, right i get a lot of phone calls from different venues mm-hmm. and different planners and things like that they're sure. like hey are you available if you're not available who will you send to me right uh and that's when i really realized mm. that like i've become successful in this industry to the point that like right. the professionals around me call Correct. me for my first my opinion first i see it 100 percent. yeah um, to, to throw that into like some other categories too is like I worked at this one pizza shop and this one guy he liked a thicker crust with a lot of lot of um, you know a lot little bit of extra flour and he would do a little bit more cheese or whatever and then the owners when they were working they would do it a specific way and you get two separate completely different pizzas same ingredients two different pizzas depending on who was, who was there and it's like there's got to be some sort of consistency and then also like myself i have a print shop so anyone that's listening the first time uh flower city printmakers in pittsburgh we do all sorts of paper stickers banners buttons um he does all mine (laughs) thank you not my buttons though sorry that's all right do them yourself i do diy dog (laughs) do it um so i run into it where i have a new printmaker working for me I have to teach them how I do it because there's no way I'm going to have stuff that co- comes out of the shop that looks 
like it didn't that that it's not my style you know what i mean yeah you you look at companies just like you know the mcdonald's the wendy's any of those other big franchises the reason that people like them that much is the consistency they starbucks is the biggest one i think yeah absolutely right my uh my girlfriend's dad is a really big mcdonald's fan gotcha and the reason for it is when he was still working he traveled like international everywhere he went he always knew that when he went to a mcdonald's it would be clean Yep. They would have something that he could eat, yep. and the quality would be the same. And actually, I've been to McDonald's in Australia. Mm-hmm. It's actually good. See? Burger King in Australia, pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I am I will eat it. I'm not afraid. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people talk a lot of shit. You know what, though? Honestly, the, they've been around for that long for a reason. Right. Because they have that consistency. And honestly... Dude, that the red and yellow combo that they created for themselves, yeah. like it's the most eye-catching thing in the world. Absolutely, it gets stuck in your mind. Branding. You're Branding. already thinking about the French fries right now, just from me talking about it. Like exactly. Salty, sweet little potato crispy crunches. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, so, Josh. Yes. I gotta because we're we're in a very similar position with yes. being entrepreneurs. Yep. Similar ages, both in dad positions. Yep. For me, trying to juggle the entertainment and the dad life and everything yeah. has been one of the biggest challenges that I've kind of faced. Got you. I could see that, I'd say, more for you because you have the weekends where you're booked. Yeah. Right? Are you free on Sundays? or are you? I can be. Yeah. Uh, nights and weekends are pretty much but, non-existent. Right. So, so Friday, Saturday night, you're not around. No. Not Thursday night, you're not around. Not at all. Right. So Which, vacations you know, are usually... School, yeah. so. But you have an off-season. We do. Right. Um, so go ahead with your question. I know we, so, I kind of jumped. I in. mean, the question is really, how do you kind of figure out how to juggle that best? Like when, yeah. when is it taking away too much from the family? When yeah. is it taking away too much from the business? So I have a unique situation where, um, I have out of anyone that could ever break up with their, um, partner and then go 50, 50. We are actually went to lunch today. It was his birthday. Yeah. And so we took a lunch, just her and I, and, um, we went to California together. We were there for eight days, and um, we, we, we know how to enter names. Neither of us together. You know, they birthday comes where I want. Okay. And then we're also very, like I said, we're pretty easygoing. And it's um, if there's something that on a scheduled night, if we need to swap, we're pretty okay. easy about it. See, that's nice. As long as it's as long as it goes back and forth, it's not too. Ours is a little bit yeah. more. Uh... Yeah, tight on the schedule, and there's there's not yeah. very much budging. But we did just right. uh, we booked a vacation. I'm taking everybody to Florida. Nice. And we're gonna try and hit Disney most likely because yeah. that's what you do of there. Absolutely. I voted for Universal Studios because yeah. you know the only Disney movie he knows is uh, The Incredibles. Got you. Yeah. Cars. But he probably knows Cars. He knows who the characters are, but he's never yeah. actually seen it. Oh my goodness. Uh, I feel like we're <laughs> just get, totally getting off topic. No, of, it's like, okay. Why we're here? Well, no, I, it's important for for especially so. Dads, um, and, is, or or moms, to understand that entrepreneurship isn't out of reach. Yeah, and so that's a, that's a good point. Even discussing here, um, figure out what works for you. When I started, I was um, so I was still with my partner, but I wasn't the breadwinner. I was only making between ten, twelve, maybe fourteen dollars an hour. I knew I couldn't break that. I dropped out of tenth grade. I dropped out of college, and so after all that, it's like. I, I know I'm good at certain things. I'm, I'm glad you just said that because I did the same thing. <laughs> I made it to the like third week of 11th grade yeah. when I dropped out. Gotcha. And then I started college when I was like 24 and then I right. dropped out of college. Right. 
but I'd already started my own business at that point. Exactly. And now I'm on you know, the third business. But sorry. No, it's okay. Um, point was, I became a stay-at-home full-time dad. And in doing that, I knew that that was my opportunity. I had already had a business for seven years before when I, I lived in California. And so moved out to Pittsburgh, um, met Shark's mom um, out here. I was kind of itching to do my own thing again. I wasn't sure what it was going to be. I wasn't sure what, um, you know, how I was going to make it work, but I knew I had to do something. And I, I started doing the printing. I started but, telling but everyone I was doing I knew you had the, the background with the magazine mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Is that kind of where you decided that print was going to be the Great main question. focus? Great question. So I was working at a big box chain coffee center and uh, I, I remember handing someone a small package it was maybe it wasn't even an inch thick and it rang up at 80 bucks and i was like this is maybe printing money literally <laughs> printing money yeah literally i'm like wow i'm like i could i could like there's no way i yep. can i can do this and so i my, my first six months i bought this little desktop laser printer and i just started telling everyone i was doing printing at him it was called Essence printing snyder and stuff and that was in your apartment correct and then, yeah and then um, we, from there, I went, I left there, that printer was last few years. And so I was doing one day, and asked, was, don't get anything that doesn't need, you don't need to. Mm-hmm. So I found a place where I could buy toner um, that was super cheap. I figured out how to refill my own toner, and so I would do every other one. So I'd buy one that was like a cheap discounted toner, and then I'd refill that, and then after one use, it was bad. Okay. So it was like, I, but I'd stretch it yeah, to yeah. get the most out Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. And then... Um, so I go through that process. I found a paper distributor. At first, I mean, you got you got to figure out where. I, I remember going to Staples and it was like ten dollars for five reams, which was a, a you know half off. Yeah. And be like, all right, swipe I'm those. I'm gonna buy the pallet. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And um, and you can't even imagine what they're doing. I mean, they are literally making the paper, buying it, it by the truckload, and then selling it for more than what I sell it for, and they're like oh yeah that's crazy trust me i <laughs> i'm a wheeler and dealer right uh i i learned a long time ago from being in business and other people in business that if you're going to buy something you only buy it if you know that it's going to pay for itself oh, absolutely you know i i refuse to buy new equipment if i don't know that you know, within the first six months it's going to either get me the rentals that i need to get out of it right or i'm going to have enough gigs with right. that specific item 100 that it pays for itself right um, and what's great now is there's all these companies that do like, you know, essentially play, pay, pay as you play Yeah. where, you know, I'll finance it. And for me, that was great. Cause earlier I didn't have the best of credit as a right. young entrepreneur. Yeah. So being able to be like, Hey, I can finance, you know, $3,000 worth of a sound system, which right. I did in 2015, like I started getting into weddings and I needed a whole new setup to you know, yeah. meet what my competition was offering. I financed it all, and within the first six months of that, I had made five times what my initial financed investment was. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's uh, it's important to to don't go beyond your means. Everybody Absolutely. wants to be bigger and flashier, and right? There's a time and a place for that, but save it for your marketing, not Thousand just for percent. shit that sits around. Yep. You know, um, there is so. Uh, I mean, looking around the room now, we're we're sitting in the print shop. If you're listening, and you know, we got a cutter here that 
we could we could easily spend ten to forty thousand dollars on one that's hydraulic. We have one where the arm comes down; you have to do it by hand. But it's still a sweet machine, and it it could cut through a whole ream of paper in one slice. So it's not like it's that much extra work. And it looks we, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's vintage. It looks neat. That piece right there, eighty bucks. If I want one that's automated, four grand. That machine, brand new, four grand. I bought it used, six hundred bucks. Like. You, you, you have to figure out what is going to work for you, what's not. Now, if I run something into the ground or we spend all day using it, that's when it's time to like, all right, let's maybe let's oh, yeah. move forward and learn to fix your own shit. Too. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, that is so important, especially with anything electronic. Yeah. Like, you yeah, learn yeah. to solder on a cable, learn to put on a new power cord. Like, simple repairs like that yep. will save you so much time and headache and money. Absolutely. But uh, but perfect your craft. The the equipment itself is only going to go so far. You want to use the best stuff you can, but as long as it's decent and and can turn out a quality product, whether you're talking, I'm talking about a DJ equipment or printing equipment or whatever. Um, the, the the person behind it, the person that's operating, the person that's paying attention, and I mean that very strongly with paying attention. Um, they're the ones that. Have the most control. Oh yeah, I mean, when when I first started getting into yeah. DJing, I didn't have what you would even consider DJ equipment right nowadays, and that's all right. Yeah, we had you know a Radio Shack mixer that right. you know the knobs weighed like fifteen pounds each <laughs> on to try and lift them up, and the turntables we were using were like you know these shitty belt drives that like if you try and speed up the record the needle jumps to the next song or yeah. pops up a whole bunch of times but having to learn on that stuff exactly exactly when you jumped over to you know the technique 1200 you know mk236 whatever they're on now right uh you know it's like the world opens up to you you're like oh my god it's this easy <laughs> i've been making it work with all this fucking broken shit for five years right it's awesome yeah i mean it, it's helped create who i am because being able to survive on any piece of crap they put in front of me at this point yep. it doesn't matter i don't care if it's a cdj a turntable a dj controller i don't care if i have to play internally just off of a laptop I'm still going to do it better than most DJs yeah. because I've practiced on all of it and I learned on all of it. And that's, that's what's helped me because I don't have to turn down any gig ever unless yeah. I want to now. Right. Yeah. I'm at a point now yeah. where I get to pick and choose like that's something for me or that is not for me. Right. But for anyone that's listening, that's just starting out. Don't forget that you put the work in. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm 20 years into this. Now. Right. Right. I just look this young. <laughs> how how old are you? I'm you 35. Know. 35. Yeah. Okay. So I I will be 33 this. I got November. my first set of DJ equipment when I was 15. Yeah. I played my first show probably about a year after yep. that. Yep. So. Yep. Um, I have worked for myself for 12 years now. Yeah. It goes by quick, man. I know. I know. Yeah. And um, it, it's you wouldn't. I thought the first, so the first like five seven years, I thought I was really young. I mean, 22. Um, and even then I thought, you know, no one, you're at the top. If someone has a problem, you're the end of the line. They're yelling at you. Um, you have to figure out how to fix it. You're paying the bills. You're doing all these things. You're signing the contracts. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I was 22 and got a $60,000 loan for this new equipment. And we, I mean, we did our thing. It was, uh, how, how I know now, like how in over my head I was, <laughs> but we, we made it work. It's like, it's just numbers and you yeah. just, uh, you can't be afraid of it. Uh, so go do the thing. Um, I think that uh, the debt scares people. The idea of debt scares people. Mm. And I, it wasn't. I was an adult before I realized the difference between good and bad debt. Right. You know, and I don't think people understand that. Like, you know, starting a business and having a little bit of debt to build your business, it's kind of a good debt that you want to have. Absolutely. You know, that's something that you're investing in yourself in. You know, you don't want to look at that. That's just part of your operating costs. Right. And people get scared like well you know it's a twenty thousand dollar loan that i'm gonna have to pay back yeah twenty thousand dollars if you think about that like my first year of business yeah yeah, yeah, as a solo entity i made more than double that right now i'm not saying everybody's gonna have that same result sure obviously there's gonna be good years and bad years just like any other industry but i wasn't scared to take that leap and invest in myself because i know that that's what I needed to do and that's what I right. wanted to get. Right. Whereas a lot of people I think do have that hesitation of, you know, the confidence side of this that that you need to, to really be an entrepreneur and have the faith in yourself and your friends and family that they'll support you through this transition of, you know, hobbyist to career right. whatever it is you're doing. Right. And then that builds so like for me, I have the print shop and then I that's this print shop is about five years old um and then i started the podcast it's about, been about two years now right and we're rounding 40 episodes 45 episodes and it's starting to become something where people are starting to recognize me from the podcast versus the print shop oh, that's cool um and so yeah it's freaking awesome yeah uh, but i did it because you want to branch out and you want to you want to find other ways to invest your time you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and um be able to kind of shine a light in a different way. So like I'm here, I'm doing a podcast and I'm able to reach people in their ear and talk about my business ethics. I'm able to talk about what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, bring people on, put a spotlight on Pittsburgh. Uh, And then on top of that, like that makes sense because Josh at the print shop, like can only go so far. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Josh with the podcast, all right, that then you start to get a little bit fuller picture of who I am, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And um, I think one of the things that I think has done so well for you as your business personality is the fact that you make yourself so accessible and so approachable. And you've become friends with everybody that's your client. Like you don't just have people that walk in off the street like, hey man, make this shit happen. Everybody comes, hey Josh, oh my God, this is what I'm working on. It's so good to see you. What do you think on this? And like, you have a little bit (laughs) of everybody that you're influencing as much as they're coming to you just for a service. I think that your reach goes far beyond that in in the community. Thank you. Um, My goal is to, so if I can do anything in the world, it would be to help entrepreneurs succeed. And I don't think I'm going to be able to, I have a couple of gray hairs sprinkling in from the beard, but um, until I'm a little bit more old and gray, um, there's, there's not that much um, room for me to actually make a living off of that. Yeah. And that's fine. I, I, I know my place. I know my lane. That's fine. But if you come in here, um, I, I do have a, a core set of beliefs for how to treat other humans and how to 
advertise, and I don't just mean treat people like friendships and people on the street or people you don't know, but the same core belief for that is the same core belief that I have for advertising. So, which just to throw it in here real quick, trust, honesty, respect, communication, and expectations. So if you can communicate to people in a way that they are, will understand, then you made it, you figured it out. Build trust. Um, most people with most businesses will trust you off the bat until something bad happens. Mm -hmm. uh, we have an amazing amount of five-star reviews, and that goes a long way. And we have 4,000 customers and maybe one or two that we don't appreciate too much. Uh, which don't those let people a one-star review scare you. <laughs> no, absolutely it not. It happens sometimes, right. and right. sometimes it's just not your fault. They right. happen. Uh, that's been one of the biggest things that... I got a one-star review once. Yeah. And, like, I talked to you after this happened, and I'm sure you remember, like, I was a nervous wreck. I'm freaking out because of this one-star yeah. review. And yeah, like, yeah. It's the end of my career. <laughs> People are going to hate me. They're going to read this and think that my service sucks. Right. But after talking to some clients and booking some more events after that, and, like, yeah. I've even approached people that are, you know, interested in booking me, like, did you read the one-star review? And most of them said the same thing to me. That one review compared to the other 25 five-star right. reviews that you have leads me to believe that that one person probably doesn't know what they're talking about. Right. Uh, general consensus is you're a good guy, your your attention to detail, whatever it is that I'm, yep. I'm offering shines through so much more than that one bad one. And it got in my head so much for like three months, I couldn't yeah. get past it. It was yeah. like just this weight on my chest and you're eventually, not everyone. It's fine. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. like, I started talking to clients and other businesses, and, like, I talked to you, and you know, I consider you, you know, mentor, colleague. There's, sure. a, there's a few others in the industry. You know, Ben over at the Rex is another great one that ben, when I yep. have a business question, I go to, and everybody said the same thing. It's not your fault. You can get past a one star. It's not the end of your business. Right. These things happen. Yeah. Like, you're, you don't go on Amazon and don't order something because it got a one star review. Right. You look at the other 55 reviews that said this thing is great and you buy it anyway. Correct. Correct. So my point to circle back is, um, so you are a DJ mm -hmm. and then you wrote a book. Yep. Oh, I did write a book. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wrote a book. Uh, so you, but you had to stop and dedicate time to that, yeah. right? Uh, I did. So a lot of my decision making in life is based around how do I grow my business? Yeah. But at the same time, Great. it's how do I relate best to my customers? And what I thought of for a while was nobody's teaching these people how to make decisions when Great. it comes to, to this industry. You, know, you walk in blindly to companies like The Knot and Wedding Wire that the person that pays the most money gets the most attention. But... Yeah they're not really teaching you anything about this person other than they've got a lot of pictures, they've got a lot of videos, and they may have done some events. And that's cool. Yeah. But what questions do you need to be asking? Where have they been? What do you need to know as far as hiring somebody before you bring them in? What licensing should they have? What insurances should they have? What equipment do they use? Right. All of this stuff that nobody teaches anybody. Yeah. So I decided to kind of put, all, put together a couple of ideas for like topics. And I sat down and I just started writing, you know. So before you hire a DJ for your wedding, read this book. Yeah. It's 99 cents on the Amazon store. It's called Last Night a DJ Saved My Wife, How to Book the Perfect Wedding DJ. It's a good title, right? 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 99 it. cents on Amazon Kindle. Uh, you can download it. You can go to my website, booktj.co. There's a link right there. It'll take you directly to it. Uh, you yep. can find out a little bit more about me, bio, uh, different clients that I've worked with, different countries I've been in as far as DJing goes. Because I'm not just a Pittsburgh DJ. I've been to South Africa. I went on tour there. Yep. I did a European tour. Uh, I've done some events in Puerto Rico. I've done a bunch of stuff all over the West Coast and parts of the East Coast. Yeah. You'd think I would do more over here. But like Pittsburgh keeps me busy. Yeah. So it doesn't really, I don't need to leave anymore. Yeah. And I have yeah. a home and like a kid and stuff. So, right. Right. Uh, I did have some opportunities this year. I had to turn down a small, a small group of festivals in Asia. Yeah. Uh, it just, with the family and we just bought a house. Right. And Congrats. thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, it wasn't the time. And I'm hoping that that opportunity comes back next year. Yeah, uh, because I feel I'll be a little bit more comfortable with leaving the country right. for like a week or two again. Then to so to go to go back to the conversation about the kids. Um, so our situations are I think enough different. They're very similar, but enough different where your schedule is very uh, not kid friendly. Yeah, um, I get a and... seven a.m. wake up every day. <laughs> that is like I'm asleep. He comes in. Wakes me up just to say good morning, of and then he's leaving for school, and yep. we, we share the I love yous, and I'm like, you're going to have the best day ever. <laughs> Do it. Don't let anything hold you back, kid. And yep. that's what he leaves from to go to school every day. It's great. Yep. Go back to bed. And I immediately fall back asleep. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, so how do you make family time? Uh, like, is that something that you've been figuring out? Um, and... I have been trying to... I've been... I've been forcing, I don't want to say forcing, I've been making it a point yeah. to make time. Yeah. Um, our schedule is a little weird. So we have a 5-2 split. So we have a Monday, Tuesday, and then yeah. his dad has him Wednesday, Thursday, and then we have every other weekend with each other. Gotcha. So, you know, weekends that I know we have him, I'll make sure that I don't schedule a Sunday event so that gotcha. we have all day Sunday to hang out right. with each other because they, right. they do church in the morning and stuff yeah. like that. And we'll usually get together brunch, and then we're together all day after that. Perfect. And because I work evenings, a lot of the time, like, I'm still able to hang out until it's, like, bedtime, pretty much. So I'll right. get to, like, the point of, you know, we watch our YouTube videos before we go to bed. Yeah. We're getting ready to, like, either pick out a book, and sometimes I make it through one story, and maybe I have to leave before story two gets there. Yeah. But I'm still around enough to be through parts of all of that Got part you. of the day now gotcha uh, so he's sleeping through your hard work essentially yeah <laughs> uh and before we, we lived together it was yeah. it was much more difficult right uh, because you know he would be at, at her house and i would only come over when i could find time to be there at the same time right and it was honestly it was a lot harder for all of us then yeah because you know when you start building those attachments you know i've, I've been with him since he was three he's going to be seven this year yeah so like we've got a long time of being right. in each other's lives right. and you know he expects to see me around and he wants Absolutely. to share everything that's happening and right uh at the same time i want all of that as, as well i'm like Absolutely. yeah tell me what happened today i want to yeah. know that's Absolutely. cool man was that kid doing funny things again tell me the <laughs> fart joke i want to hear the <laughs> fart joke perfect yeah uh and it's fun it's it's something that if you would have told me you know 20 years ago 15 years ago like hey man you're gonna end up you know running a business and being a dad and yeah. juggling all of this stuff at one time and teaching yeah. people how to do what you do and yeah. you know, hiring employees to do stuff for you. I would have been like, you're fucking crazy, man. <laughs> I, I'm going to go to this festival with a backpack and hopefully somebody brought a gallon of water for me. Yeah. 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 No, 
um, where where I'm at right now, we got six people on the team. Um, sometimes people walk in and clock into work, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're work. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we need great. We need you. Keep. <laughs> All right, let's go. And um, I mean, everyone just kind of does their thing. We put good people in good places, and um, it's it's uh, it's working. So, uh, I think learning to trust people yeah. is yeah. is the one of the hardest things that I'm having uh, I'm having trouble with it in business yeah. right now. Yeah, is because you work so hard and you put so much of yourself into building your company and building yep. your brand I, that yeah. I need to know that you're going to represent me in the way that I would represent myself. Absolutely. But once you get into that detailed kind of vetting and, and kind of start to let go. So here's an experience that I had was my friend Christina Howell. She's with the Bloomfield Development Corporation. And she is um, she's the you know executive director over there. Uh, one of the nicest people I know, very supportive. She's within my first like 10 customers when I first started out. And I wasn't even in Bloomfield. Um, and... I asked her a minute detail about an event and she's like, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean? Like you're the executive director. She's like, Oh, I have, I, hire, I have a guy I, that does that. I hire, she said, I hire good people to do good work and they do it. And if they don't, then they don't work for me anymore. So yeah. go talk to them. They're in charge of it. I, uh, <laughs> I had, and that was, that was, that transformed the way that I hire people and the way that I treat them. Oh yeah. I, Absolutely. I had a slight issue this year with a guy that worked for me at the, yeah. You know, I sent him to an event, and he he didn't do the best of jobs. Gotcha. Uh, and it was one of those things where it was, like, super last minute, and, you know, of course, yep. I'm calling and apologizing, and I'm like, listen, you know, obviously, I don't want this to reflect poorly on me. Uh, you know, if you had given me a little bit more time, and it wasn't, you know, this certain thing, I, I promise you, I would have just done it myself. And I'm like, listen, we understand. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, like, again, that was one of those moments where I was like, fuck, this is going to ruin business for me. This right. is going to take money out of my pocket in the future. Yeah. Because when they look to me, they're going to be like, he sends me the guy that parties too much or sends me the guy right. that drinks all night. Or, right. You know, sends me the guy that has half a working speaker. That one never happened. <laughs> but you get my point. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's people that you think you can trust. People that up until right. now have had an exemplary example of what they were doing correct um and it, it makes you kind of worrisome but at the same time like shit's gonna happen yep you know that's that's it the best that you can hope for is you have a personality that when something does happen you can address it correct you can offer a solution and you can help people move on for me with the weddings obviously we're talking high 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 price contracts Yep. one chance only you cannot fuck this up right you know there's there's not like a, a second chance there's not a do-over button mm -hmm. like you have to be there you have to be present you have to be consciously aware of what's happening at all times Absolutely. uh it takes a different type of personality to want to be able to do that yeah and to be able to do it successfully time and time again and when you find those guys that are good at that it's not long before they realize that they can also just do it themselves and they start doing their own advertising and trying right. to start their own company. So trying to like build these young entrepreneurs, it's a great service and it, yeah. you see these multi-ops do it, but what ends up happening is the guys that are like me that you know excel at the craft, right. they find out that they're good and now they're off to do their own thing. So you're constantly right. trying to find new young people that you think have what the spark inside of them, gotcha. follow this path gotcha. and do this thing. And 
utilism again. Now, what's the... But there's always an opportunity to book... Um, I mean, there's people like Selecta, people that have been in the game for mm-hmm. a long time that do a really good job. And let's say someone comes to you, they want to work with you, and you're like, hey, I have a DJ. And now he might not... He not might not be working for you directly, but if you're able to, to oh, pass, yeah. there's there's I mean, a, you're a able to get some sort of commission of referrals, yeah, for, for within each other. Um, and the way that I've kind of structured my company because I don't want to be a multi op. And for those yeah. that don't know what a multi op is, it's a basically a booking agent that offers DJs or multiple services, things like that. Yeah. So for me, what I've been doing is if I get a lead and it's a client that wants to book. I'll send them a referral. Yeah. The referral is in charge of their own contracts, right. accepting any payments, and then the, the person I refer is then responsible for sending me a finder's fee. Gotcha. Uh, that way I'm not, my hands, hands off. off. Yep. You yep. get your own reviews, it's your own company, you're responsible. That's the, the small thing that I've done to make myself feel Makes safer. Makes 100% sense. Um, uh, the company that I was with in the past didn't operate that right. way. So as you develop people though, you're able to develop them and then once they get to the point where they want to do it for themselves that can still be okay oh yeah absolutely and, and then you can still work with them or send them work or and, whatever and it that's is. a lot of what's happening now is you know yeah. there's five or six of us that i got in first and then quickly behind me i was like yep. hey man you yep. got to get in on this too yep and now we're all kind of booking our own things whether Base it's bars bird. clubs yep. yeah absolutely the baseberg yep. guys all yep. of them a couple of the the loose ends from that kind of crew yep and some of these other young kids that didn't understand their value and what they were kind of sure. walking into i was then able to do what mike did for me and i said hey guys follow me we're going to teach you some new stuff sure and now those guys are you know they've all quit their day jobs you know yep. We're talking at least four or five other DJs that up until two, three years ago were still punching the clock and doing their thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now focus on music and entertainment full time. Absolutely. Um, which it's interesting because, you know, we're all connected. All of our businesses kind of work together, but yeah. we're all separate entities now. Yeah. Uh, but the referral program that you get out of that, you know, imagine having one advertiser versus having 10 advertisers Absolutely. that are all selling the same kind of product, yeah. but we're all hitting different branches because we all have our own different assets Correct. to hit. Absolutely. Uh, and that teamwork thing, it works so well, especially in, again, the wedding industry, which is the one that I'm, I'm most predominantly in. Yeah. Uh, the more people that you're working with successfully yeah. and the more relationships you can build, the more likelihood of success. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have to start getting ready to go to dinner. Okay. Can I ask you one more question? Absolutely. Okay. This is, this is, uh, this is how I was going to end it. Okay. So we have, I mean, this is just in Pittsburgh, but I'm, I'm sure every town has this. Um, you have the old heads, like um, you got Jesus, you got um, Selecta, mm-hmm. you have, I mean, think about it even like Brick over Time Bomb, mm-hmm. like where they're so much in the background that like... I mean, even I, I think of you in this same situation, like they're, they are so far in the background that you don't even notice they are putting in work and, and getting things done. Like wh- who do you see that is like done, you know, put the work in and like w- our, our music scene wouldn't be the same without them. I'm just curious, like, and, and how have they influenced you? Uh, I think first off would probably be Ben Penninger. Yep. Uh, ben, if you don't know him, is the manager of the Rex Theater, yep. Gray Area Productions. Yep. Uh, his company started like two blocks away from where we're sitting right now in an apartment yep. that 
him and his friends were like, we're going to start throwing these shows, which yeah. turned into managing a, a venue yeah. that is like the most predominant venue yeah. for its genre of stuff that they like to book. Yep. Uh, super humble guy, does Absolutely. not like the limelight, you yep. know, stays in the background, throws his shows. But if it wasn't for him and his crew over there, yeah. uh, which is like you know, him and Xander and a couple of other guys. Yep our city would not have what it has as far as Absolutely. nightlife and entertainment goes. Uh, another one would be Lee Yock down mm -hmm. in spirit. Absolutely. Uh, Lee had an amazing background in marketing and yep. what she's done with that venue, with the group of people that came together to build that venue. Absolutely. Uh, they've definitely given a home for a very unique niche style of music. Yep. Uh, that Pittsburgh would, uh, would not have otherwise. Absolutely. Um, let's I, see. I've always been very impressed by her. Uh, I mean, we could, we can talk about the the folks at Hot Mass and Aaron Clark and them. Yeah. Uh, but they've kind of put their brand as the fo the forefront, and there's a right. lot of them that are involved in making that brand what it is. Yeah. Um, but again, we wouldn't have the kind of late night techno community that we have, which has gained you know, world recognition because right. of that sort of that, those people. I would only say that sort of those people directly. Yeah. Um, and then. You know, you get some of these young rave promoter kids that, like, ha are just diehard. You know, I consider myself one of them. I started yeah. throwing raves in the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. And, you know, I just I sold a, threw a sold-out show on the 19th of April. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this in the way future, that's 2019. <laughs> uh, which, you know, it, it was a throwback event that brought in people from Virginia, Ohio, West yeah. Virginia, yep. Pennsylvania. Like, I had four or five states that all came in just for this one event Amazing. packed out the venue but it's because i've been doing this for 20 years that i'm right. able to do something like that and i brought right. in some of these younger kids that you know one kid was on you know his third event and yeah was like i really want to be a part of this right and something that i've learned for that community particularly is the the collective group effort right. is more successful time and time again than when I say I'm just going to do it myself because I've right. done both I spent years throwing a shows by myself where I was the promoter I was the stage manager yep I was the graphic designer I yep. was a DJ like I've seen you do it oh yeah you, you name it I've, yeah. I've, yep. I've, I've that's it I've done part of all of that and Correct. now when I have an idea or something sparks off and I want to throw an event the first thing I do is I go on Facebook and I say listen guys I'm going to throw an event on this day if you're interested in being a part of it, send me a message, yeah. and I'll see if you're going to be a good fit. Cool. And I let people know, like, this is what it is. I am going to be in charge of running this. Yep. These are the types of tasks that you might be required of, and if you, there's a financial side of it, I'll let them know that as well. Because um, I like running it as a group party. You know, I think that it let, makes people feel the sense of community that we want for music events. Right. And what you, what you get at the end of that for, for my events is people keep coming back. Yeah, I'm on, this is the fourth event in a row that was sold out. One of them was 20 tickets off, but I'm calling it sold out. Yeah, anyway. okay. Close enough. Uh, this is the fourth one in three years that have sold out. And, nice. you know, it, we're just going to keep doing this. We just Absolutely. sat down last night with like a small investors meeting, cool. some insider info for you guys uh, to talk about a series of essentially like 22 event, events over the course of the next, we'll call it, three years he was talking 20 months yeah. i think it's going to be the course of three years about 22 events yeah uh leading up to one giant event uh as like the big milestone for this accomplishment gotcha uh, but we're also looking to expand 
past Pennsylvania, and that's something that wasn't really originally in my game plan, but teaming up with some of the people that I'm working with now. Nice. Uh, nice. There's some more roots in Columbus and West Virginia and things like that that look Very like cool. we have the opportunity to really take over a nice chunk of the East Coast and Midwest market. Nice. Yeah. Um, which, when you get into the promoter game, yeah, there's a couple. There's a lot of companies, but there's not a lot of companies that are doing the EDM and things like that. Correct. Uh, and eventually, the goal is obviously to end up in your own building, which is also the other step of what I'm I'm working on. Yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff going on. You know, I could keep yeah. talking for hours about business and the so happenings. Before I let you go, um, what uh, where can we find you? Uh, so on social media, I'm yeah. not TJ the DJ. I'll pause for a laugh. Uh, <laughs> I love it. No, uh, other than the, that, I tell I talk about you, and then someone's like, "Ah, TJ the DJ." I'm like, actually, his Instagram, not TJ, the not DJ. TJ the DJ. People love it. Yeah. What's funny is they get that. <laughs> I wait until they laugh. I'm like, no, no, seriously, it's not TJ the DJ. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so not TJ the DJ on Instagram, uh, Facebook.com. I think is the same thing. Not TJ the DJ. Uh, you can reach me on my website, which is booktj.co. Yep. I dropped the M. They wanted extra money for it. I'm cheap. Uh, what else? I don't do Snapchat. I have a Twitter. It's also not TJ the DJ. I'm going to yeah. try and use it more. Yeah. But most likely, I'm just going to hootsuite and have my Facebook post go to Twitter. So right. you might as well just follow me on Facebook. Gotcha. Uh, artist page, particularly, because I think I'm at like the, almost the max amount of friends on my friends list now. Yeah. Uh, SoundCloud, MixCloud, all that stuff. Yeah. I think it's just TJ. And you Harrison. put up your own mixes. I do. I put yeah. up my own mixes on MixCloud. I actually just wrote a song, yeah. uh, like a, an EDM y, housey Latin thing. Cool. Uh, I'm trying to get more into production. I've done some production. I have a release out that's a remix cool. on Malabel Music, which is a San Francisco based, like experimental based genre yep. company. Uh, so, like, I've had my hands in everything, you know? Uh, I want to get back more into stand-up comedy. I think that's the next yeah. step. Yeah. All right. I love doing stand-up. It's just well, let, terrifying. Let's have you back on in like six months. Okay. And then we can do fun. I can talk to you all day. Hopefully in you six months that. I'll be a bar owner. And <laughs> it'll be a completely different series of things that we talk about. I'll have to book you six months in advance. Yeah, you can just record over there. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Um, thanks so much for being uh, on. Absolutely. This Thank has you. been Thoughtful Discussions with Josh Snyder.